The living room. It's a place you can get comfortable, kick up your feet, and be yourself. Couches and conversation. We're just people living life, but not just any life. The life Jesus invites us to live with Him. We're learning together, having fun, and sharing experiences. And that happens right here in the living room. Well, hey, this is Gunner. I am the lead pastor of the Dwelling Church here in Savannah. And this is the living room. And we've got the living room today. Uh, Adam Hooper, he's our worship creative pastor here at the Dwelling. And how you doing, Adam? I'm good. (laughs) I'm in your living room, Gunner. (laughs) Yeah, we're literally in the living room. I have a Dwelling coffee mug and all that good stuff right now. So I'm good. So me and Adam have ran together for run together. Well, not literally run because he does that. <laughs> I don't so much. If you could see both of you could pick which one did the running. But uh, we've That's run awesome. together and just been friends and done ministry together for what, like 11 years now, yeah, 12 maybe. It's a long time. And I think one of the first conversations we had was around ministry and mm-hmm. we've just seen God do so much over the past uh, 12 or 11 years and uh you know here we are have we pl- were able to plant a church together and god's just been so faithful and um we so we've had a lot of conversations about what we're going to be talking about today and uh but before we get into this uh for those that are listening that might not know who you are why don't you say a little bit about mm-hmm. in addition to being uh heading everything everything worship and creative at the at the dwelling who are you <laughs> okay my name is adam hooper that's who i am uh i uh yeah so i'm in ministry with you which is what you just covered and um that really is is the lord's calling on my life and my wife andrea's life and um so we're thankful to just be doing this thing and uh this crazy ministry life with you guys and with all the dwelling church family and serve team and just blessed in that area right now and uh time's flying by but we're just having a blast doing it um but i grew up me personally i grew up in north east georgia my parents still live uh, in the same area on kind of same land and um and i have two siblings brother and a sister and then i have my amazing wife andrea who um also serves at the dwelling and uh, I met her in Alabama and she's from the same area that Gunner and mm-hmm. uh, you and Bethany are from mm-hmm. and uh, so I met her I'm not going to share that story how that happened but uh, we've been married for oh my gosh that's 13 over 13 years if I got that wrong Andrea <laughs> she would have got <laughs> it wrong too it's been a long time though um, yeah so we're here now. We moved when we heard that you guys were moving here to plant a church. Um, just already being involved in ministry with you guys, it was like we're going. And um, I had been in the music industry for years and years, and Lord just uh, worked things and and actually kind of just pulled me out of that per se in a healthy way, um, and and just showed me, you know, this is what I've really called you to do, and this is why I taught you music, and mm-hmm. it's to is to lead lead my church in worship and um and so that's how i'm now you know i actually came under your wing per se because you were a lot of people don't know that gunner is like an epic worship leader uh but that's when i first met 
met you. That's what you were doing, and and God put me under you to really help start stirring that up and point me in that direction. So I'm thankful for that too. And now we're here and just doing it. Yeah. So. So one of the things that I really feel like the Lord is saying to us really clearly right now, and what He's trying to really get us to lean in on as a family. And to be honest with you, something that He's really doing personally and deeply in my own heart right now is speaking to me about and speaking to us about the fact that He is a Father. Mm -hmm. And over the years, even in conversation that you and I have had, Adam, we've, we've talked about this a lot, like this is a common theme of God being a Father. And one recurring thing that's come up in conversation with you um, is like your stories about how you grew up with your earthly father and how I've kind of seen that correlation between how you relate to God the Father too. Mm -hmm. You know, one one of the things about about this is I think we, we could talk a lot about Jesus. Some places, you know, where you grew up in church, you, you talk about the Holy Spirit. But I think there's a glaring thing that's missing in a lot of church life, and that's seeing God as a Father. Mm -hmm. You don't have to look very far in, in Scripture to see this common theme that's all throughout Scripture. I mean, in the garden in Genesis, God the Father created a family. Right. Like He'd rather have us than not have us. Mm -hmm. And He created a that's family. Good. And I, you read verses like Psalm 103, one of the, one of the verses that He's just really teaching me a lot through the Lord is a father the Lord is like a father to his children tender and compassionate to those who fear him and then there's first John 3 1 look at how great a love the father has given us that we should be called God's children and you know Jesus talked about how you know your heavenly father feeds the birds of the air they're not worried about what they're going to eat and everything are you not more valuable than they are mm -hmm. and so there's this all throughout scripture there's this picture of a father who is and he's a father to the fatherless psalm 68 says he's a father that knows how to give good gifts in matthew 7 G jesus favorite word for the father was father mm -hmm. and actually a, a even more intimate word was the word abba and it was it was a it's a word that really it meant like papa or daddy mm -hmm. um and it's a real intimate intimate word one of the things that i feel like would the the fruitfulness of our lives is really contingent upon how we see the father or mm -hmm. if we see him as a father or not and it's really rooted in this orphanhood that we inherited from our parents and they inherited from their parents going all the way back to the garden they walked out from under their father's protection provision all of that and they actually lost their sense of sonship mm -hmm. and you can say the same about daughters too but i don't know if daughtership's a word but you know sonship is key to every part of life and it literally it will show up Either, or either sonship or orphanhood will show up in every area of your life. And um, I love this. This is a quote by George MacDonald. He said, The hardest, gladdest thing in the world is to cry, Father, from a full heart. The refusal to look up to God as our Father 
is the one central wrong in the whole human affair, the inability, the one central misery. And there is a missing element to this this life. And I think a lot of times it really comes down to, do we see God as a father? Right. Because I, I think we see him, we can see him in all different kind of ways, depending on how we've been, how he's been represented in our mm-hmm. life. One of the huge ways is how our own father modeled fatherhood for mm-hmm. us, and how that father nature, father heart of God was revealed to us through our father. And that's one of the things, Adam, that I want you to speak to, is just. What was maybe I'll just start off with this? Have you always seen God as a father? And if not, was there a moment where that shifted for you? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm trying to think of like a one distinctive moment. I think there's just been tons of moments. That what's great about a dad is as you grow and you begin, your dad's raising you and you begin to be like your dad. You, you start to go, man, that was just like him. And you recognize right. these new sides of your dad because you're becoming like him. And I think that's this design that God did, is He did design us in His image. And as He raises us, we begin to think and, and become more like our Father. Um, so I, don't, I think that as I grow with Heavenly Father, it's like I, I'm, there's new sides of that, of me being a son and him being a dad that I see all the time. So it's been a progressive thing. It started in 2009 or 10 when I, when uh, Andrea and I moved back to Alabama and started um, going to uh, the Bethany Church in uh, in New Brockton and really got to know you, got to know Pastor uh, Tony, and just that begin that journey of like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is relationship. It's not. Right. Just so then it was like there were mar- big moments then, but it's this progressive growing into knowing and still knowing. And I think that it that that knowing myself as a son and knowing him as a dad never stops. Yeah, you just see these new sides of him all the time. And when we start to see him as a dad and not a distorted version of, of who right. we think God is, you know, yeah. Um, because I think that the actual, true, pure way that He wants us to see Him and that He designed this to be, when Adam opened his eyes, he saw a father. Right. That's what God meant mm-hmm. to happen. And then he, he, I've heard it put this way, God, God, when Adam woke up, he was like, I took off work all day to mm-hmm. hang out with you. Yeah. You know, that's what a dad would do. Right. It was like, it's done, and now I'm, I, my whole schedule's wiped oh, clean. Cool. Yeah. I don't have to work at all today. I don't know who said that, but yeah. it's like it's stuck with me forever. And it's like, yeah, that's such a dad. So from the beginning, it's been a father, yeah. and that's God's heart. And right. and when we begin to see that, it's um, it changes everything, and it's it's almost so difficult to describe, you know, what that is. So I talk with people all the time, and I can I can I can see it in people's eyes I can hear it in their voice I can hear it from just hearing their story how they approach struggles in their life how they approach trouble all this kind of stuff how they view God and over and over through counseling and through just conversations with people there's a recurring theme (laughs) 
with some of the issues that we grew up with in life of how our relationship was with our fathers, our earthly fathers. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about your dad mm -hmm. and kind of how he modeled um, or how you, maybe how that influenced the way you see yeah. God. I think that knowing God as a father now, I can look back at, at just being being raised by my earthly dad. I can look at things that happen that I can now see the Heavenly Father in. And um, I, just just thinking about this, even this podcast right now, you know, uh, just in quiet time with the Lord, I've been asking Him about this podcast. Like, hey, you know, I'd love to just just show me things that just about my earthly dad. And, and so before I was to share any story, though, because I will just share like a couple of stories that just really reflect. I want to say that um, that growing up, I basically followed my dad around everywhere. I mean, he and the, the good part of, well, my dad was like, and still is like my hero. Like, I want to be just like him, and I kind of am, and I'm okay with that. Like, you hear so many times, like, right. like, oh my gosh, that sounded just like my mom or my dad. And I'm like, yes, that sounded just yeah. like my dad. Right. So, like, he's like legitly my hero, and he has been since I was a kid. And, um, and so, but the thing about my dad is he was very easily accessible. And one reason is that he um, owned his own business and it was right there in our, our front yard, literally like a shop where he detailed vehicles. And my grandpa did the same thing, like two houses down. So I was kind of on my grandpa's hills and my dad's hills like all the time. And, um, and what I do know, though, is that every whoever like people listening to this right now. I'm not naive to the fact that not every earthly father was ex as accessible or still as accessible as mine is sure. or was, right? But the thing that I, when I started to think about that, the thing that I know is even if, because our, our earthly dad might not have been around before we were even born, maybe passed away or, or just, you know, wasn't around. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it though is God designed us in such a way that we will seek out a father figure. Yeah. earthly father figure in our lives whether it's just spiritual someone i think even like not even real like subconsciously we do that there's like a so there hole is, there's a hole yes, in us there is someone in your life so what i'll say as i share stories don't don't um listen to them and just go well that i can't have i, I didn't have that so i can't yeah remember is what i would say to anyone who's going to listen to these remember Find who that is in your life, let God point to them, and then remember. Yeah. Because He'll show you how they reflected the Heavenly Father's ways. And mm, because because God designed it that way, Jesus said in, in Matthew 7, 9-11, and this is Jesus, I believe, clearing up the fact that, yes, our earthly parents, our earthly dad, does reflect our Heavenly Father. Do we live in a, a crazy world where we are, we, we are fallen people? Yes. But He designed it in such a way where we, our earthly fathers can reflect Him because they're created in His image. Yeah. And, and Jesus confirms it when Matthew 7, when He says, You parents, if, you, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask of him, Jesus wouldn't have said that if our earthly fathers weren't meant to reflect our heavenly Father yeah. in some way, shape, or form, mm -hmm. right? Because he's saying, if you are willing to do that, how much more will I do that same thing, but just way better? Because I'm heavenly Father. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so Jesus, Jesus 
showed us right there that, that that's what's supposed to happen. So there's someone in our lives that we are making. And I believe even as an earthly father, I have spiritual fathers in my life. Yeah. So there's people that we instinctively just seek out and put in our lives. So I'll, I just wanted to like say that as a disclaimer before I start, you know. Yeah. But find that person and find out who who is that person in your life and remember how the Father has, they've represented the Heavenly Father for you. Yeah, that's um, good. And, and, and let their voice, when you find that person in your life who's probably already there, let their voice begin to define you with the Heavenly Father. Because right. He wants a voice, he, His voice is the only one that needs to, to define us, right? But He's put a earthly dad in your life somehow, mm-hmm. spiritual or, or literally, and they will help define with the partnered with the Father. Um, cause my dad, honestly, my earthly dad's voice has never let me down. It's never, it's, let me rephrase that. He's never, he's never put me down. Right. It's never drugged me down because mm-hmm. we're human. We're going to let each other down, but it's never, he's, he's always defined and shaped me to be better. That's huge. Just like heavenly father would do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, just a, a cool, this kind of goes off what I was just saying. Um, my because my dad owned a business in our front yard and it was a uh, for like 20 years he was detailing cars so it was like take a car apart it was a long process and i i just remember being kind of mesmerized by this process but it was just cool because my dad's right there working and i could just be right on his heels learning so naturally watching the process of a of my dad detailing vehicles and working i'm just going to watch that all the time and probably start doing it eventually right yeah. so that was kind of one of my first jobs and along with other things but I was just helping dad detail cars. And so and I probably was making money at like a really early age. I was like, here's your allowance. But really I was like helping just because I wanted to and be right there with them, you know. Um, but I remember that the, the thing that I couldn't do until I got strong enough was the, the uh, uh, electric buffer. Mm-hmm. So it was like a polishing machine buffer that actually polishes out a vehicle. So there's a lot of things that come into play with that. And it's a little dangerous because you got a cable attached to it. It's a spinning yeah. You know, that's very powerful and you have to have the muscle strength to maintain and, and to actually control this buffer. Right. And so that was the one thing that until I got strong enough, I couldn't do. But once I got strong enough where my muscles could somewhat handle it, I, I like specifically remember my dad, the first time I ever grabbed the buffer, I was so nervous. And you think about a vehicle, there's like the hardest part about a buffer is when you get next to like the windshield or next to a curve and it grabs those sharp edges of the corners of the vehicle yeah so my i remember my dad taking me to the flat smooth open surface first time let's start right here and he was over me over me his hands are on my hands right yeah. like literally yeah. it seems like oh that's whatever you're yeah. just painting this no i mean that's how you had to do it because if not when i hit that button <laughs> that buffer would go flying out of my arms and probably like bust the windshield wide open so he's all right here we go and we start and like it's scary but dad's helping me. Yeah. And so pretty much dad was doing all the work probably the first time, right? But it yeah. felt like, oh, I'm getting this. Yeah. And then over time, whether it was the next day or whatever, even right then, he's starting to lift a little bit of his control yeah. over that, that buffer to let me take the control of it. But he's still right there. And then his hands, his grip gets a little lighter and a little lighter, but he's still right there. And so I'm, as, as, and eventually he's releasing that buffer as he sees that I can handle it and then I'm moving close to the edges and I'm getting it and and now I'm learning how to polish one out without leaving streaks and all that good stuff Mm -hmm. and then I remember 
eventually, however long after, weeks after or whatever, my, as I got stronger, it could have been a, a year later, I don't know. But my dad eventually leaves the, leaves the whole entire shop. Hey, okay, well, I'll be back in a bit, and maybe you'll, you know, be done buffing the vehicle out. And before mm-hmm. I know it, I'm polishing the vehicle by myself. Yeah. And dad's not even around. And then what's so amazing is dad would come back. And as a son, it's, I, can, I don't remember the specific first time that he ever came back, but I do remember moments where like, oh, I heard dad's truck pulling up. Yeah. He's going to come in and say, I'm almost done, I'm almost done. Yeah. And I'm waiting for dad's approval. Yeah. And the thing about dad's approval is it's, it's, even if it's correctional, it always directs me and it always lifts me up. That's it never good. pulls me down. Yeah. And I think about Heavenly Father, like his, his correction is always pulling us out of something right. and directing us towards who we really are. But dad would come into the shop and he'd say like, wow. Yeah. And that's all I needed <laughs> was dad to say, wow. Yeah. And then he'd say things like, man, it looks just like what I would have done. Yeah. And then you'd think, well, well, that's pretty, you know, like confident and conceited a little bit. Like, oh, you did it just right. like, but that's, that, as a son, that's all you want to do. Right. Is you want to do it just like dad did it. Mm. And so that, that's, that's the kind of, from the standpoint of like, just buffering, buffing out a vehicle. That was the voice that defined how, how good or bad I was doing it, right? And people, identity hinges on that approval yeah. from a father's voice. I even think, I even thought about, um, as you were saying that, about how Jesus was baptized in the Jordan by John. He comes out of the water. Scripture says the, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove, and there's a voice that says, this is my beloved son yeah. in whom I'm well pleased. You take the Bible lingo off of that. This is my son. I'm so proud of him. Yeah. And it's like that, I, I mean, the father modeled that in that moment of what that looks like. And then after that, Jesus actually goes out into the wilderness, and that's where he's there for uh, 40 days and tempted. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't give in to temptation. Even, when, even when, the, when Satan, the first temptation he throws at Jesus was uh, to question his identity. Mm. If you are the Son of God... Mm-hmm. And in his humanity, I know Jesus was, he was God, but in his humanity, he had something to go back to. Mm -hmm. Approval, the stamp of approval from the Father that Mm -hmm. he'd just gotten. It's huge. Yeah. And, and I just, I just heard this, I think today, as you were saying that when Jesus came out of that water, um, and God, and the Father said that over him, who I'm well pleased, that was before he did any ministry. That's true. Before he did anything for the kingdom, per se, besides just be a son. And so I think someone Mm -hmm. needs to hear the fact that, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not this. I'm not. I have not done anything to benefit the Lord right now. We might think that. And I think even when we're in ministry, we think that sometimes, right? Right. But like the father says, he, he said when he created Adam, he said, this is very good. Yeah. Like extra goodness. So he says, "No, you're you're good, and and you're who I created you to be. Now be great, you know." And so he he says, "I'm well pleased." Before we ever think that he should be. Wow. <laughs> I think That's Jonathan really cool. Helser said that. Now that I'm thinking about it, let me read this. This is from a book that has been just foundational for me. It's called Abba's Child by Brennan Manning. Um, 
really just just such an awesome book just reveal revealing the father's heart so, and it's so hard to read because you're like i don't know if i agree with that right there and then you let the lord work on you a little bit and you realize that you you were wrong but listen to this powerful quote going along what we were just talking about and so we unwitting unwittingly project onto god our own attitudes and feelings toward ourselves as blaise pascal wrote god made man in his own image and man returned the compliment. Hmm. <laughs> Thus, if we feel hateful toward ourselves, we assume that God feels hateful toward us. But we cannot assume that He feels about us the way we feel about ourselves unless we love ourselves compassionately, intensely, and freely. Hmm. In human form, Jesus revealed to us what God is like. He exposed our projections for, for the idolatry that they are and gave us the way to become free of them. It takes a profound conversion to accept that God is relentlessly tender and compassionate toward us just as we are, not in spite of our sins and faults. Mm. That would not be total acceptance, but with them. Though God does not condone or sanction evil, He does not withhold His love because there's evil in us. Mm. So much of our identity is based on how we feel about ourselves mm -hmm. and we think God feels that way about us because mm -hmm. we're beating up on ourselves. Well, surely God would feel the same mm -hmm. way. But He actually, His love is unconditional. There's no term limit. There's no conditions on His love. Mm -hmm. He says He's pleased with us before we earn it. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to receive. Mm -hmm. Some of you that are listening right now are like, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's that he his love is that good mm -hmm. and he's that good of a father does that mean we take advantage of it no because you could take that you can run with it and go off mm -hmm. the rails but just knowing that that's his heart actually makes me want to draw near to him right wow it's really good what's we another stop there <laughs> <laughs> I, I was story. thinking of something I wrote down. I do have another story, but first I'll say this around that, that the um, the God we see is the man or woman we will be. So it's like a, That's good. the way we see him, if we see him as a, if we see a false view of God, which a false view could be like um, he, he's, a, he's fearful and he's an angry judge, just like a mirror, we're actually going to reflect fear That's and true. anger. Mm -hmm. um, but when we see him, like the true image of God, which he, he me, he's meant since the beginning, is he's a loving and he's a kind father and he's pleased with us since the beginning um, before we ever do anything like we were just saying. Then our lives start to overflow that that love, that joy, that yeah. kindness that he is. So That's true. And I think you quoted it nearly like, I've heard it quoted a bunch of different ways, but the, the God we see is the man or woman we will be. That's um, good stuff. But there's a, a um, let me see, another story. I like this one. Um, I was thinking about growing up, uh, you know, my dad had that shop in the front yard, but he, we also had like a small farm, like 30, 40 head of cattle kind of farm. Um, I mean, which is a lot. Like that was probably the most dad ever had. But I was like obsessed with animals. I mean, and I still am, I think. Like, but Discovery Channel, all that, it was just me. And I, yeah. it still is. Um, but Andrea doesn't like seeing animals attack animals and like the circle of life. So I don't get to watch it as much, but, uh, poor gazelle. yeah, but which I think most women are that way. Um, uh, 
But growing up, I was just obsessed with animals. I think it's because I was around them all the time. And but um, at the same time, I was very cautious, and I still am a very cautious person, like um, even around animals. But cows, especially, are like big, intimidating animals. I mean, fifteen hundred, two thousand pound animals that can kill you, yeah. right? Yeah. So and won't feel bad about it. <laughs> no. And so, but the thing about my dad on this farm, like. So being obsessed with animals, I literally, if dad was going to feed the cows, if we were doing anything related to farm, like I wanted to be right there on his heels and I'd watch my dad just manhandle these animals, like not in a, like, um, just, he would walk up in and just be comfortable just walking up in a herd of cows and like feeding them and just, you know, shove them out of the way if they're in his way or, or vice versa. And I'm like, how does dad do this stuff? And but I've watched, I remember this one story, and I'm probably getting it wrong because I can't really remember if I was on the four-wheeler with him or if I was right there near watching this unfold, but I was there. And I'm pretty sure I was on the four-wheeler because I was always right there with him, but I was really, really young. But I remember watching my dad take, uh, so a, a, um, a cow had had her calf, and, and dad always knew, like, okay, she's about to have her calf. Like, I gotta go find her and see where she's at. She was in the creek. Creek was kind of deep in this certain area, and she had the calf literally in the creek. And and if the calf's nose and everything's down in the water, it's not going to breathe. So, Dad, um, you know, to save the baby calf's life, he's going down to get it right. Well, he, I watched my dad jump off the four wheeler, go into a creek, throw a calf over his shoulders, throw the, and I'm just thinking, this is my hero, right? When you're a little kid, it's like Dad can do anything. Literally, (laughs) he's throwing it on the like front rack of the four wheeler, you know. And, and all of a sudden, we're zooming up the hill on the four-wheeler, and this mama cow is not happy because she's mm. supposed to turn around and tend to this calf that's not there, and Dad took it, right? Yeah. Even though he's trying to help, she don't realize that. <laughs> so you got a 1,500-pound animal hitting the side. I feel like such a country boy. Right? <laughs> hitting the side of a busting-up plastic. Yeah. And I remember being so scared. We haven't chased by cows a lot, but that was like an intimidating seeing, In my mind, I'm seeing like the T-Rex chasing the yes, Jeep on Jurassic Park. Yes, it's literally Park. like that. Like this cow is... <laughs> It's massive, way bigger than the four-wheeler and us combined, right? So this, she's trying to get to her calf just being a good mom, and she's busting up plastic. And in that moment, I'm thinking about how scared I was, but how confident at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and the Lord just flooded my, my mind as I, um, as I thought about that. He flooded my mind with just moments like the big stories of the Bible, like David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. David staring down Goliath. Yeah. How scared was he? He was a human being. He was scared out of his wits, but he was so confident at the same time. Yeah. And I think about, I was thinking about Abraham way back. Abraham's about to sacrifice his own son, and how scared was he? Yeah. I would imagine that knife was shaken. Right. Right? But he's so confident in who the Father is at the same mm-hmm. time. And I think, God, life is stinking scary mm-hmm. it really is yeah but but we don't have to fear every day because we can be confident right. and we face some crazy mess right right but Especially we can be right confident now. like how cool is that to know and i thought about this whether it's the father spiritual father in our lives when literally right now if if we were going to do anything Built, I, I built a porch for my dad years ago, but I just remember this because it was like the first time I'd really like been out on my own, had my own house, built the porch. I, I think you even pulled up while we were building this porch on that mobile home we used to have in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Anyways, 
If we're doing something yeah, like that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. If we're doing something like that, dad's here. When dad walks in the room and we're about to try to do a task or do something, I can, it's like I can leave my under, like all my understanding immediately gets leaned on dad. Yeah. Like I become so confident that if I can't figure it out, he's going to figure it out. And if he can't figure it out, I'm going to try to help. But it's like this leaning on that you can yeah. constantly do when the, when the dad, when the father figures in the room. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, what if every day I actually thought that way about right. Heavenly Father? Because he's literally in the room. He's literally right there. And my understanding, like the scripture says, can literally be leaned on yeah. a father constantly every second. Someone right now is hearing this, though, and they're like, oh, my gosh, you're right. Like when dad's around, yeah. I can just like, it's like my mind can be free, too, because dad's going to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, That's like... It. You call your dad because it's like, or you call that father figure in your life because you're like, I got to figure this out. And dad's going to help you figure it out. And your understanding and your, your, you can lean that on another person. It's, it's a place of rest. Right. That only comes when you realize where you stand with him. Right. With the father. Uh, the, the, the Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Yeah. And don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. He'll make your path straight. I was thinking about the life of Jesus and how even in John 14, 27, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, but do I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. The peace that Jesus had flowed from his connection right. with his Father. Right. <laughs> what if we lived like that? Like you said, what if we lived with this it's a place of rest. It's not striving. It's not worry. It's not fear. The the um, I think about First John: perfect love casts out fear. Mm-hmm. So, how do we stay convinced? How do we keep that before our minds every day of our lives? Because it leaks, you know. Like we forget, mm-hmm. we forget that he's a good father. What, what's something, just as we close, what's something just real practical that we can do to keep that at the forefront of our minds? I don't know. What do you think, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled no, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, I almost want to spat off, like, ways we need to think about Him. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how, how do we maintain that thought process? I think it's a constant, it's a constant leaning on, like what we were just saying. Mm-hmm. It's a constant awareness, trying to gain awareness of that He is who He says He is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a, a big way that when I think about the Father, I immediately think that He is love. Everything He does is motivated out of love. It doesn't matter what it is. It clears up so much. Yeah. Um, and that was a defining moment, I think, when I was probably just in a church service or whatever or listening to a pastor yeah. and heard that statement. Everything God does is motivated out of love. Even the law was given. The Ten Commandments were given because He loves us. Telling us not to kill another person is healthy and yeah. good. And He told us that because it's, it's practical, right? right. It's good. Mm-hmm. But even just that is motivated out of love. Yeah. He created everything about us 
out of love, even as worshipers. Like, we worship Him because He he first loved us, we can love Him back, but we worship Him, and He designed it that way because of how much He loves us. And we'll become more like Him as we worship Him. And yeah. So that that awareness of that he he is everything he does is love motivated even when we don't have an understanding of what he's doing we don't have the big right. picture it's that whole trust in the lord thing lean right. on to you and understanding just being convinced reminding ourselves that that's what i i have to do constantly is think about what he's done who he's been in my life, how he's revealed himself as father, even though I can't, I may not see it like in my current circumstances. There's a lot of fear going on right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uncertainty about what's going on. And we've got to actually lean on what the word says about the father. We can't, we can't let our feelings be our guide. We've actually like, we've actually got to get in the word right. and see what the word says. And over and over and over, just do it, man, do a Google search. Like, what does Bible verses about God as Father and meditate on that stuff, memorize that stuff, sit with it until you until you believe it. And it's gotta be an intentional thing a lot of times because we're programmed. Yeah. Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We gotta actually have to reprogram mm-hmm. our thinking and our heart to actually connect with the Father because, you know, depending on what our background is, we actually have to rewire right that way. So as we close out, I, I want you to pray, Adam, for people that are listening right now that just specifically for the ones that are just having a hard time connecting with God as Father, connecting to His heart, mm-hmm. you know, um, seeing Him that way. Why don't you pray, pray us out? Yeah, Lord, I just... Um... I'm praying just this radical awareness um, for anyone listening right now that this awareness that like what we just said you are motivated out of love you are the definition of love anything and everything that's happening that you orchestrate Lord is motivated from that place of love radical love like crazy relentless reckless love that you give us and you just pour out nonstop. And we're able to, we're in this place of just able to receive that constantly and then turn around and give it back to you. Um, I uh, I feel this, just a strongness to pray through Psalms 23 just popped on my mind. And what, I, what um, as, I, as I pray through this scripture, um, this, what's amazing about this scripture, Lord, is that you're showing us um, not just that you love, but how you love. And David's showing us that here. Um, this is how you love, Lord. You, um, Lord, you lead, you lead us like a shepherd. Yeah. Um, we have all that we need. Thank you, Lord. Um, verse two says, "You let us rest in green meadows. Mm-hmm. You lead us beside peaceful streams." That's so good, um, Lord. You renew our strength. You said in verse three. You guide us along um, right paths, and you you bring you bring honor to your name through us, Lord. Um, even when we walk through the darkest valleys, um, we we don't have to be afraid mm. because you're close beside us. <laughs> um, your rod and your staff protect us, and you comfort us. Um, you, this is so good in verse five, Lord. You say that you prepare a feast for us 
in the presence of our enemies. Um, you honor us by anointing our heads with oil and our cups overflow with your blessings. And surely, Lord, your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue us all the days of our lives. And we'll live in your house forever. Lord, thank you for the picture that David painted in that Psalms of how you love us. Um, and I just pray that awareness over people right now that's hearing this, an awareness of your love in a radical, extravagant way like David did. Um, and we just receive it right now. We thank you, Father. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he paved a way to you. We love you and we praise you in your name. Amen. 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 We bless you guys with the Father's blessing, with identity and purpose that comes from that. May you experience His love this week in every single area of your life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us in the living room. To find out more information about The Dwelling Church and how you can help support this ministry, visit thedwellingchurch.org.